0: Five without a loss. Inter-Messi next, and decision day at City Field. This is NYCFC Views.
1: Turn up your volume your because you're about to listen to the Sick, Sick Podcast. Podcast. NYCFC Views.
0: Collins approaches the shot, and New York City.
1: Wins the first MLS Cup on their first try! And they're going crazy! Terezino Goal! Goal! New York City is el campeón de Major League Soccer! The sickest New York City FC podcast. It's gonna be sick. I'm glad,
0: Crooks, along with the Roberto Abramowitz. We do uh, your radio commentary. Roberto does the Spanish. I do the English. An hour on once or twice a week with NYCFC Views. Roberto, what's happened to men?
1: Nothing much. Just waiting for this bad weather to go away. Actually, I've decided I'm not waiting for the weather to go away. I'm leaving. So I'm heading to Florida tomorrow, and I will see you guys, I guess, at some point on Friday. And then I'll travel back with everybody on Sunday.
0: Well, it's supposed to be beautiful tomorrow on Wednesday, so uh, everything will be fine. Figures. And it'll be a little hotter though where you're going, so that's nice too. Hey, uh, this uh, this news about City Field, so uh, and not Red Bull Arena for Decision Day against Chicago. This is like a this could be a monumental match uh, for playoff consideration. And now, how many thousands more are going to be in attendance than they would be at Red Bull Arena where? If there were a thousand people there the other night, I, I could actually count them. I, I was starting to you count could. them at one point, but, <laughs> uh, but just in general, Red Bull arena, 5,000, 4,000, 7,000. Yeah. Uh, and at city field, it's, I, I would think it'll be a I, I don't what's the capacity of city field for soccer?
1: Do you know, uh, somewhere, somewhere around twenty three thousand, okay. they've sort of capped it. The, although they've never gotten to that figure, it's always been. I think the highest figure has been twenty one and change.
0: Yeah, but if that game means we're in the playoffs or not, that's uh, I, I would imagine Huge. that'll be a, a, a decent turnout. So that was the big news today. I think I, I, I'm sure supporters were, you know, leaping in the air with joy. Now that uh, it, not if they're also Met fans, I suppose, but uh, but it's City Field. It's not Yankee Stadium, although Yankee Stadium is going to be vacant at that time too. So I guess well, just supposedly
1: a, not, supposedly not that they have some sort of an event booked on that weekend, as oh. far as I've heard. So that's why City Field wound up being chosen. New York City still prefers to play as many games in Yankee Stadium as possible, and then whatever they can't play at Yankee Stadium, they'll play over at City Field.
0: Yeah. So, uh, all right, so that's news. Uh, The other news is I I think we should start with Inter-Miami because there was a press conference today, Tata Martino and Sergio Busquets, and it's uh, related to the U.S. Open Cup final, which is Wednesday night against Houston at Drive Pink, and everybody was waiting to see if uh, Tata would tell us if Messi's going to play tomorrow night, and he didn't tell us. He said, we're going to make that decision tomorrow, although he did say that Jordi Alba is out, and Busquets will be playing. So you're going to get at least one out of three, maybe two, and uh, I I think it's unlikely. And why don't you tell the story of the presser where – here's what happens. The media gets the first 15 minutes. They go out and observe training. And normally it's just the rondos or the whatever warm-up that the the team does. And Messi was not there for the Uh, warm-ups. Franco was the first one – Paniza, he was the first one where I saw, uh, you know, he put it out there. He goes, oh, no Messi out here and no Alba out here. And then Tata during the press conference winked. So what did that mean, Roberto, to you?
1: So basically he said that once the press wasn't there, that he came out and practiced, but uh, he winked at the same time. And uh, it seems like he didn't practice at all today. So for me... OK, with the type of injuries that, that he possibly is carrying because they've been they don't want to tell you exactly what that is. But if you're yeah. not running and you're not kicking a ball and you're not practicing for the week and especially the day before the practice, before the game or two, you know, the chances of him playing, I, I find, are minute. If he makes some sort of cameo appearance or they just put him on the bench just to ke- just to scare penalties. Uh, maybe, maybe Houston maybe take- and Ben Olsen, yeah. I don't know, but I, I have the feeling. Roberto, Roberto. I, at this point, I'd be shocked that if he played. Penalties, right?
0: I mean, if it goes to penalties, then you have Messi to take it if he's physically capable of. So wouldn't you have him on the bench just for that?
1: Without playing, without kicking a ball? Absolutely. I mean, I don't know how seriously he's injured. So, well, you know, what the I'm problem saying, is. Remember, he was withdrawn from the game 35 minutes in. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay.
0: So I said. I'm just
1: like you're interrupting me. So I'm just you, continuing my not thought. not
0: interrupting. It's a conversation. And conversations go back and forth. Have you ever been involved in one?
1: <laughs> yes. But again, normally people let me finish saying what I have to say.
0: No, but it's that's not, you don't, know, it's that's the, the interrupting part of, of going back and forth is what uh, it makes it all healthy. But anyway, I said if he's in, if he's healthy enough to take a penalty, put him on the bench. Of course, if he's not, then he's not going to be there. So don't talk about him being injured and taking a penalty. He'll either, he'll either be there or he won't, I think. Right. I mean, wouldn't you put him on the bench? If he's able to take a penalty, would you not have him on the bench tomorrow night?
1: uh I, i'm wow. i'm not i'm i'm honestly not sure i'm really, really
0: yeah oh all right that's pretty cool that you think that because i i don't um i mean you know it, it, you're not gonna put Messi up to take a penalty if he's healthy enough to do it just because he hasn't played in the match
1: i mean he's not 100 percent on penalties i know he hasn't missed one in a while but he's missed some important ones I was at I was right. at MetLife I was at MetLife Stadium when he missed all the right. P- America right. final yes, one, I, and, yeah, he, and he put, put the ball TV. over the crossbar I saw it too It's not guaranteed <laughs> Okay Even Danielle uh, Gazdag misses a penalty here and there All right
0: So we've uh, we've learned one thing a couple of things so far in the early stages of NYCFC views Roberto can hear me and he would like me to wait until he finishes his statement before I uh, interrupt so uh, I'll do my best on that
1: before huh. i interrupt
0: Fine. yeah so <laughs> I, I, but you know back to the uh, did we ever get an attendance figure for red bull arena for the, for no. the match against toronto okay. i did
1: ask and that that, that uh, message oh. seemed to have gotten lost so it's there's a thing- difference between tickets distributed and fannies in seats yeah, for I know. whatever that number is but fannies in seats was under a thousand
0: yeah oh no question But I I was just curious of the attendance figure, so we didn't get it. That's something MLS has to do better. Uh, They have to demand that every team, by the middle of the second half, put the attendance figure out. No matter whether there's 50 people there, or 25,000 people there, or 72,000 people there, put the figure out. The other thing, and this is, this really bothers me, Roberto, is that this, and I know it does you too. And I want you to kind of offer what NFL does with these with the injury report, because the it, it's MLS, one of their chief sponsors is is a gambling outfit, right? Like DraftKings uh, or one of those. I,
1: I don't know one of those.
0: MLS has associated it itself in a sponsorship standpoint to uh, to a to a wagering outfit. Okay. Now, when you consider that. The injury reports are all over the place around the league. Some teams put him out early. Some teams put him out this. boom. whatever the considerations are, if if there's a guy on New York City FC, let's take Alfredo Morales, who's out right now. How long is he out for? Put it out there. And I don't, I'm just, It's. it's I'm beside myself because you have, if you're a betting person, you're putting a wager in, you know, at different points leading into a game. But you're – look, if, if MLS had this anti-gambling policy and all – but they're moving in a direction and they're continuing to move into a direction where they – because it's – right? It's the generation that they want to uh, grab hold of, and it's a generation like my son who's now 30 years old, and he bets on his phone. Not millions, but he's always – and he's got MLS parlays and all this other stuff going on. You need a proper injury report. I, I don't get it. So what does the no, NFL I've been, do? I've
1: been, I've, I'm glad that you're finally screaming about it because I've been screaming about it for years that that MLS, if it wants to be taken seriously, and look, gambling income, and not literally from the uh, DraftKings of the world and MGM betting and the, all the casinos, uh, is huge. The, the amount of people that follow... Sports just because they can have a piece of the action as a as they like to say be part of the game as they like to say uh, is huge it's a huge market but people aren't going to gamble is what well. people like to be informed for the most part people like to have some sort of level of information right I mean it's called gambling because there's no such thing as a sure thing. So it is a gamble either way, but you want to be able to gamble intelligently, or at least you think you're gambling intelligently by, by trying to understand who's playing, who's not playing, and all those things are important. And I think that if, the, if MLS wants to be seriously considered by people who are putting money on games because they think that they have a chance to win money, and then they need to be treated properly, just like the NFL does, and they have to put out real injury reports and if the teams are lying about their injury reports they have to be heavily fined and so that's, tata that's martino, the part right there that's the right, part right tata there. martino the cover up. based on the, the cover rules up. That, based on the rules on that, that that exist right now tata martino can hold out until sure. 50 minutes before the game before revealing if messi is going to be part of the 20 or not
0: I recognize that you're right, and so that's where it's got to change. That's where it's got to change. But uh, well, beyond that, it's it's uh, it's a it's, a, it's a, I think it's a, a good talking point and something that's got to be considered, especially when people are betting on these games and you're drawing and you that.
1: And as as a league, you have um, a tremendous amount of income that's possible because now people are paying attention to your games either via TV, Apple, you know, a- Apple season subscriptions, MLS season pass, uh, listening to games on the radio, following it on your phone, whatever it takes to figure it out. I mean, look, I, I just do. So I don't gamble. I'm not a gambler. Okay, in any in in any shape or form, but I I have uh, with the NFL. I'm in a Pick'em League with other professionals that we share online, Uh, and then I'm also in a pick'em League with my son and one of my friends. And I'm constantly checking in on the other games, and I look at the previews to see which way I'm going to pick. And if I don't know, I thought Joe Burrow was going to play last night uh eddie didn't think so my friend andrew didn't think so and they picked the rams and i picked uh i picked the Bengals. they lost i won so uh it was it's a huge difference because i knew well you know because of the way the injury reports were going i was taking a look and i was like all right there's a good chance that he's going to play they stopped looking a couple of days before and they thought he wasn't going to play so i took advantage of it and i won all right roberto well, uh, the. Uh, it was a horrible I'm, game, by the way, but still. <laughs> well, whatever. It was. It was brutal. The messy
0: thing <laughs> is interesting, uh, more so for us and, and supporters of New York City FC that might be watching or listening to this because of Saturday's game. New York City playing at Inter Messi. And will he be in the lineup? Busquets, we hope, will be there. Will Jordi Alba? We don't know the extent of Alba's injury because they don't say anything. Nobody's, nobody knows anything.
1: Yeah.
0: So. day uh, to day. As it's, are uh, we all. And it's also tickets that they're that people are paying in an exorbitant amount for. Some of it yeah. ahead of time, but there might be somebody you know on Friday that wants you know has to, wants to go to the game and um, you know it costs two hundred bucks because it's a messy game, and then he doesn't play, right. and well, you know, so it, and I if they know. find out a
1: day before that he's not playing, those two hundred bucks go down to twenty. Yeah, I mean, we've That's... seen in in the last game that he played, which was at Drive Pink Stadium. He was replaced in the 32nd minute or something. And you saw streams of fans leaving the game in the 35th minute. What did that remind you of? You
0: you were in the States when Hank Aaron hit his uh, uh, 700 home run, which at the time was the most that beat Babe Ruth. And it was in Atlanta. Still is in my mind. And well, yeah, you can look at that a number of ways. So he hits the home run, rounds of bases, people going crazy, people running onto the field trying to get a handshake yeah, or a hug. And They then, got on. Huh?
1: They got on the field. He was escorted by fans around the bases. Yeah, but, I,
0: but that's the, my point. What made me think, when I saw all these Inter-Miami uh, uh, fans leaving Dry Pink Stadium after Messi left, the game injured, uh, it reminded me of this because half the stadium went home. After Hank Aaron hit his home run, and it was fairly early in the game. so And they were always, at that time, known as very fickle baseball fans in Atlanta. But um, anyway, it just made me think of that if anybody
1: was around for that. Here's the lesson, Glenn. And this is a lesson that everybody in Major League Soccer has to be paying very careful attention to. And it's this. When you bring in a player of the magnitude of Messi or a step down or two step down or three step down, which is still going to sell a considerable amount of tickets because people are going to want to watch that player. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to become inter Miami fans or New York city FC fans or Chicago fire fans or LA galaxy fans. They're fans of the players. And what you have to do is that you've got to get these people early enough where, you're making them fans of the team as well. So when the player leaves, they stay behind and they still support your team, which is also why you have to go after kids at a young age and organically make them fans of your team because especially in communities of immigrants where you have soccer fans that have been soccer fans all their lives before they came to the United States, okay, they were following teams in Mexico, in Argentina, in Italy, in Turkey, in Spain, or wherever. And they're always going to follow those teams. And when you bring a player in like that, they're going to follow the player. And then once that player leaves, if you haven't done your job and made them a fan of your team, they leave as well. Case in point, you, um, Christian Pulisic went from Dortmund to Chelsea. And because he was in Chelsea, I started following Chelsea and wished them well, even though I'm a Spurs fan. And I wanted to see Pulisic do well as much as he could. The minute Pulisic left, I couldn't care less of what's going on with Chelsea. Couldn't care less. And the teams have to figure out a way of getting people, let's say like me, in this occasion, right, and try to convert me into be a permanent Chelsea fan. Although, that's not going to happen in my case because I'm already rooting for Spurs and I will uh, be slitting my wrist every Sunday uh, or every Saturday as his ritual with Spurs fans because Spurs normally like, likes to rip your heart out every chance that they get. Oh, yeah, But wait, wait, but wait. Here we are. Oh, wait.
0: You've got Ange Posteg- uh, Postaleg- uh, Postacoglu uh, as your manager now who um, seems to have really one over the team, the supporters. He is yes. just a guy. You just look at him, you listen to him. He's as down to earth a guy at his level that I've ever heard. I, I know a lot of Celtic supporters, and they loved him there. And uh, he's doing a fantastic job. And mm-hmm. um, that's that's a team to watch closely because partly because he's there now.
1: Come on, you Spurs! But hey, so coming, so bringing but, it back to the states. Well, The, the teams sorry. have to, uh, you know, well, once these fans start coming, especially the kids, you've got to really go after, I believe, the kids to make sure that they stay within fandom because they'll drag their parents to games. That will happen. You can't let these kids, especially, at, especially once Messi leaves, disappear. Well, and here, now either listen. not follow the team or follow wherever else he's going yeah, to go. Yeah.
0: This is a perfect segue. I don't know if you saw this story uh, in Sportico and also Yahoo.com, uh, written by a friend of mine, Ashley Pellet, a well, friend based on the fact I interviewed her once, and uh, Evan Novi williams Lionel Messi, here's the, here's the uh, uh, headline. Lionel Messi drives MLS record ticket revenue for the Chicago Fire. Now, contained in this story, this, think of this. You have 17 home games at MLS the game they're hosting with Messi at soldier field they're going to get 70,000 plus and it no. will be soldier will field be holds 61,000 62,000
1: excuse me
0: 62,000 you're right uh, So it's 62,000 it'll be 55% of their ticket revenue for the entire season in that one game because of the increased attendance numbers and then they're charging, you know, this exorbitant amount for tickets of course like everybody else is. But I, I thought that was an amazing portion of the story. And they do have this one thing in here, Roberto, which I think is it's not specific, but it says uh, the club is considering an offer for fans with tickets if Messi does not play in the game. But again, they haven't. A, they're, they're calling it a small credit. <laughs> if uh, if he doesn't play in the game, but they're considering it, it's not final yet. That's
1: interesting because I mean, look at the end of the day, right? You're you're you're, you're going to watch a team versus a team. Obviously, we know that players, you know, can, can drive these numbers. and We've seen it with Messi. So uh, I, I get that if they do a little bit of a refund fine, but at the end of the day, you know, there's no guarantee that players are going to play, especially if you're looking at Messi now. He may not play tomorrow. He may not play Saturday against New York City. He may not play the rest of the season. Or there's uh, the, Felipe Cardenas, I believe, was reporting in the Athletic that he might play a little bit tomorrow, and then they're going to shut him down for the rest of the season. So I mean, oh, there's so many things going on. It's it's, um, it doesn't seem like anyone has exactly. It does. Nobody it, and seems nobody to does. Have. The only one who knows. The only one who knows is Tata Martino and obviously Messi. And the people at Inter Miami, they know what they're doing. They know what's happening.
0: Yeah, they, not know tom- they
1: know now if he's not playing tomorrow.
0: But by now, one of these guys that digs in on a daily basis, you think, or women, would, would, have, uh, would have a little bit more, too. But there's been nothing definitive. You're right. Hey, uh, I just wanted to say, the fire, Chicago Fire, just talking about their attendance, they're second to last in the league, 14,800 a game they average. And they're going to get 62,000 for Messi. But they did have 20000 for their 2-2 draw with New England. So it's gotten a little better for them anyway.
1: Well, it was Hispanic Heritage Night, and I presume that there were a ah. lot of promotions uh, going on with that. You have to understand Chicago is a very, very Latino city, although uh, sometimes you may not get that vibe. If you watch any television show or, or anything else, you would think that there, are, there, there aren't any minorities there it's 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 a weird situation but uh aside from having a very heavy you know a very large mexican immigrant co- community especially they also have a very large polish immigrant community german immigrant community hence why they've brought in you know people like Feinsteiger uh in the past yeah. and uh who was it novak was very very popular but when Cuauhtémoc blanco was there uh and he was a bona fide superstar in mexico and he arrived at the same time that David Beckham arrived that they they were selling out their games constantly at the place that nobody seems to be able to get to since he's not there, which is in Bridgeview, Illinois, uh, SeatGeek stadium. Oh, they sold that place out when they had somebody who they really wanted to see. Hmm. And
0: now the Chicago red stars play there, the NWSL and uh, not the the fire
1: every so often,
0: not the MLS side at all. Chicago. Well, one of my favorite parts about Chicago is when we stay in the hotel there. Uh, right around the corner is the uh, Buddy Guy Blues Club, man. So if we if we if we travel properly on that Friday night, we get to go in and uh, catch a little music. And, Absolutely. Um, you know what's the name of that hotel? Redstone? No, Blackstone. 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 Okay. We've stayed there. We've probably stayed there more than any other place on the road, other than that one in Orlando. What's that one called?
1: No, in Orlando we switched around. In Orlando, we've been in two different hotels. In yeah, Chicago, but that we've been constant in one. Yeah, but for the first time D.C., we switched.
0: All right. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares about this.
1: Um, well, you but brought it up.
0: I, no, I know.
1: Don't. <laughs> don't talk to me about it. But, I'm just setting you straight. All right. So
0: uh, on to uh, the Toronto game. So here, New York City. So this is five without a loss. Three of those have been wins. 11 points is second most over the last five games of, of any team, that, that has, over the last five games of all the teams uh, in MLS, with the exception of Portland, who have 13 points under Miles Joseph, the former NYCFC assistant, and uh, who's taken over for uh, Gio Savarese on an interim basis. So it's really, it's gone fairly well. You know, you would hope for the victory against the Red Bulls and Vancouver. Those are the two draws and uh, some unfortunate moments in there. Uh, but you know, last couple of games, you know, Toronto poor, Orlando number two in the league, and and they didn't play particularly well. So you've got to give New York City some credit for uh, diffusing that. Yeah, but I-
1: there, there's a caveat that that there's a caveat on that, and it's a very significant caveat, right? About those five games, and they all have to do with one thing: all of them were played at home. Oh yeah. So although. That you know, although they don't have the stellar record that they've had in years past, two sixteen on at home, it's still very important considering that this is a team that's only won one game away in fifteen all year long, within MLS,
0: yep. seven draws but seven losses and just one win. Yeah, it's significant. It's significant that they haven't been able to produce on the road, uh, and now uh, going to Florida and. Look, I think New York City—they've uh, um, played a number of games this year where uh, the teams, the opponents, haven't been at full force and haven't really taken advantage of that. And if Messi isn't playing on Saturday, if Alba's not playing on Saturday, they, they've got to—they've got to carry that on. And you know, it's not like it's an automatic win. These young guys that are going to no. replace them are very good. We know that. But
1: uh, they brought in a lot of guys from Argentina who became who who are very good players, young players that Tata Martino knows and Paraguay. And also a lot of the guys that they actually had there being utilized properly now and obviously now having much more talent around them. They uh, they, their quality has gone up. Uh, The Robert Taylors of the world. Right. Kremaski has been playing out of his skull. So you you've got a lot of those guys who have gotten a hell of a lot better. So it's in general a better team. Having said that, they went to Atlanta and they got smoked. Yeah, they did.
0: Four nil, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> was is that not right? Right? close? I can't. I remember. forgot what score was. I'm thinking. I, uh, my internet nil.
1: is really bad except for this connection. So. Yeah, I'm, what, not, what? Uh, I'm much, not screwing around. It
0: must be traveling through to Jersey too. I can't open up anything on my computer. And are well, we neither on? can I. Well, may, may Maybe we there's something
1: going on. <laughs> is this maybe working? Maybe there's something going on outside of this. And I'm using my phone as a as a camera, so can't even use my phone.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, I just I'm thinking of the Inter Miami four 0 went over Toronto. That's where the four 0 came. So no, Toronto three 0 New York came. City. So New York City has now beaten, in the last two games against Toronto, it's 8-0 aggregate. The other was the League's Cup. So uh, we had the opening goal scored uh, in this 3-0 win, uh, scored just inside of two minutes. And a guy getting his first goal for New York City FC was Andres Perea. So we're going to hear the English call of uh, this one. And we'll get to Roberto in just a moment. He loses the ball to Magno. Magno on the dribble, inside left channel Angles it, now goes cross field Jason lets it run to Santi Rodriguez, peels it to the back Post and there's an early goal And it's Andres Perea As New York City In 90 seconds Open up the scoring at Red Bull Arena Through a driving rainstorm Which started just a few Minutes before kickoff
1: Santi Rodriguez with the assist and Andres Pereira his first New York City FC goal. Glenn, nice, nice. very nice. I liked it. Did you? I'm and excited that picture, there?
0: You know, you could tell how heavy it was raining because in a photo, yeah. if you can see the rain, you know, you know, it's uh, it, it just like opened up, and then it, it didn't stay that way for for long, but it, it rained no, it throughout. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it was on and off of the rain, and for the most part, it was drizzling, but the, there was at one point where it came down uh, very heavily. And uh, I'm happy for Andres Perea because he's been such an important player since he started uh, playing after League's Cup for New York City. I mean, he's like, yeah, you're not taking him out of the lineup. He's anchored.
0: You know, I know Santi has really uh, – he's picked up his game, as has Tyler Magno. We'll get into that. But I, it, to me, if if he continues to play the way he is, Perea, and New York City uh, – manages to rally and get into the playoffs. I might say the MVP since the league's cup will be Andres Perea. I think he's made that much of a difference uh, in the midfield. He he's a true eight. He goes back and forth. Uh, He's great in the air. That's I don't think that's going to be his last goal that we see him score with his head before the end of this year, because he's also a target on set pieces. And uh, if they connect well there, so it's uh, he he's been very, very good. His loan expires. From Philadelphia at the end of this season, and every time I ask Nick Cushing about it, you were there for the last time I asked him. It's just, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But um, I'm and sure every time gonna he to-
1: plays a game and plays at that level, it gets tougher and tougher and yeah. tougher. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to money and how much Philadelphia is going to want from him, for him.
0: Well, that's what well, it's going to come every- down to. Yep. So it's all going to happen at the end of the season. Uh, second goal, Andres Jason, fourth minute of stoppage time. What a massive goal to go up 2-0 at the interval rather than just one. So,
1: And by the way, before yeah. you go on to the next one, uh, looking at the replays of the goal again, When Santi makes the cross to Jason, the reason the ball is a little bit behind Jason is because it deflects off the first defenseman. It just slightly ticks off the first defenseman, and it goes a yard behind Jason instead of right to Jason. That's why there's no assist in the second goal officially for Santi Rodriguez.
0: Well, it's ridiculous, but, you know... I agree. We're not going to... I
1: fully agree.
0: There's a lot of things that... uh... Can be switched in terms of that sort of thing. To me, I to me, a guy who draws a penalty and somebody else scores the penalty, they should get an assist, or the guy wouldn't have had a chance to score. But that's that's uh, we'll, we'll stay away from that that's in the place. off season. Maybe in the off season when we don't have games going on, and we well, are put doing a new penalty.
1: put a new category: penalties drawn. Penalties drawn. I like that. Okay. I
0: like that very much. Uh, all right. So Jason scores two nil, and then uh, Julian Fernandez. He came in at halftime for uh, Monsef Bakrar. So we were busy texting the communication staff, both of us. You know, like what's going on with Bakr, and and yeah. you know the first response was like, "What do you mean?" Because like, while well, he was subbed at halftime, is he hurt? No, tactical choice. So the coach made the substitution tactically, and then nine minutes uh, after the uh, return of play in the second half, Roberto Abramovich described it this way.
1: Y Sands Fernández, este de cabeza. Oh, bonita jugada en triangulación. Y aquí viene Fernández después del buen pase de Magno Fernández. Se mete al área. ¡Tira! ¡Gol! ¡Gol! ¡De Julián Fernández! Su primero con New York City. Y esto está 3 a 0 los celestes. Oh, scenario Dude, cut poor oh, Arielle off like off. that. That's so rude, Arielle. I sent the whole thing. They have cut you off. It's not me. I apologize. I sent your whole commentary. I just want you to know that it was not me. Well, that's you know,
0: it's the way it goes, man. When you're the color Lane guy, Late Canada, you get cut off. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, so Julian Fernandez, 19 years old, and, and you know he has played a lot of games as a pro for his age. And uh, uh, it, it, what's interesting about Fernandez is that it was a tactical choice as Tylus Magno moved into a striker role, and for the first time this year, also looked comfortable in that position. Tylus Magno, in these last two games, it's really a remarkable. Uh, turnaround for him and it, it shows you what a goal can do but when he entered the game uh, in, uh, against Orlando uh, in for the injured Richie Ledesma at the uh, 56-57 minute mark somewhere in there scored in the 68th he was even better at that point but Roberto you weren't uh, Maddie and I were down on the pitch before the uh, before this most recent game Toronto we just went down and hung out and just looked around And and Tylus walked in and walked past us he just you know how somebody, you know, is walking with a spring in their step and a smile, shaking their hands. Hey, get another one today. Laughing, you know, it's like he's a changed guy. And it just happened like it's almost a snap of the finger.
1: Yeah, it's great to see. And it's amazing what a goal can do for you, right? I mean, just confidence-wise, it makes you relax. Your whole body sort of relaxes. Your mind now goes into a different place, and you remind yourself that you can do this. Nothing better than seeing the ball hit the back of the net. And then all of a sudden, you're starting to play with confidence and at the level that you, you have with your abilities. And let us not forget, Titus Magno is still the most talented player on this team. It's just it is. And if he can get going and continue this, then New York City is going to be a much tougher out the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, it's a big part of whether they uh, get into the postseason or not. Well, the next step, as they've uh, been unbeaten through five, is at Miami on Saturday. So, uh, Sammy, let's kick it around. So, Roberto, Matt Crocker is the new general manager of U.S. soccer, and uh, he had a recent sit-down with some select journalists, uh, and this was before one of the uh, uh, women's friendlies. And apparently Greg Berhalter and Gio Reyna have communicated. That was the big news from this. Uh, It's their first conversation since the World Cup. This is according to Crocker. And as he put it, it opens the door for Reyna's return Uh, in the October window uh, with friendlies against Ghana and Germany pending his health. But uh, so it looks like they've taken at least the first step in um, trying to have a mutual understanding and and a mutual ability to work together. I don't think there's ever going to be a real closeness uh, ever again between the two, but they've got to figure it out.
1: Without a doubt, I mean, it becomes it's it's a matter of trust, right? And I mean, trust was not only broken; it was nuked uh, between both those families. So uh, it, it's a really, really hard thing, and you know, and, and both are to blame. It's not like well, it's all one fault. It's really they both had their part in all of this and in, se- in setting this thing afire. fire. So. Now you just hope that they can have a good working a working relationship, which is really all you need. You don't have to love each other, but you need to be able to work with each other. And um, we hope that this can all now, you know, be put aside. Work is work. Everything else is everything else. And uh, Reina continues to be an important part of this team because I still think that somewhere you've got to find a space for Reina for it to be your best eleven on the field, right? I mean, you, you, it, it's sort of hard in a way because you, you're thinking that you really don't want to break up the MMA mid- midfield once Adams comes back because you got Adams, McKenny, and Eunice U- and, uh, Musa. So you don't want to break that up. At the same time, Tim Weah, um, Falaran Balagan, or uh, Balagan, or Ricardo Pepe, and then Polisic up front. So where, do, where, where does Reyna fit in all this? So, uh, but I still think uh-huh. that right. Play? It's not an easy one. It's really not an easy decision. And maybe you rotate them somehow. And you know, um some days you use one, and uh, and some days the other. But uh, and maybe it's opponent dependent. So th- there's going to be a lot of things that are going to go into these decisions. But I still think, and it's a great problem to have that you got a guy with the talents of a of a of a um, Gio Reyna. And you need to figure out how to get him into your starting eleven because it makes your team better.
0: I, I don't think he has to be in the starting eleven. And you know the the thing that players yeah, over the years, you know, you try to uh, explain to someone like a reina or maybe it's Musa or whoever it's going to be that sits. Uh, is it Wea? You know, whoever sits at the beginning of the game, you you have to um, express to them. And it's really true with the U.S. men's national team. There are more than 11 starters in that group. And, but mm-hmm. the person that doesn't play doesn't want to hear that. You know. And um, if you can get value from a guy to bring him in in the 60th minute because of his attacking flair, and he can produce for you in that manner. Uh, but imagine uh, Greg Burhalter having that conversation now with Gio Reyna. That's why this is a real difficult spot. I mean, the reason all this happened is because of Reina's reaction initially to being told of what his role was going to be in Qatar, supposedly, and whatever that conversation was. And he had a tough time. It was noticed. They considered sending him home. And now, leading into some important games, into, into uh, you know, Copa America next summer, you're going well, Gio, uh, coming into this tournament, you're, you're our 30-minute player. In the 60th minute, we're, we're considering bringing you in. It ain't gonna work, man. That's my. Uh,
1: opinion. I'm sure. Well, I mean, it could go in so many different ways. Berhalter may be even more deferential to him now and do, you know, try to uh, give him more minutes or put him in That's more crap. than he originally had planned.
0: That's crap. You don't do that unless somebody earns it. You do not do that. You don't try. You don't Len, do that Len, when, when, when you're experience.
1: managing. I, I look. I agree with you. I agree with you in your assessment and how you're not supposed to do that but people are human and emotions go there and when you're trying to win somebody back where you, you try to bend over backwards while you've in, in your life you haven't bent over backwards to do something even though you didn't think it was hundred percent the best thing because it would help that person or it would help the relationship please please you know you've done it we've all done it. It's human nature. Well, human Glenn, nature. You are married, nature, Glenn.
0: Human nature. Human nature leads me to believe that Geo Reyna is not going to accept a conversation that he's a thirty-minute man. If that's the well, case, I would I don't hope know. that Geo
1: Reyna from the from that incident and everything that fell out over the past six months, eight months, nine months, that he's learned from that as well and that he's matured. And by the way, if he hasn't, then that's a huge issue. That's a huge red flag. And that's even probably more important than how good he is on the field. Because relationships within the locker room, relationships within the coach, relationships with your teammates are really, really important for the entire group to go forward. And if you've got one bad apple in there, that's going to be throwing bombs in the locker room, unless you're the talent of Neymar, you can't be there. Does it matter really how good you are, even if you are Neymar? If you're going to be blowing up the locker room because you're I, being selfish, I think because everybody knows only 11 can play, then you don't belong there. We hope that he's matured and he understood it. By the way, what was his role with, 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 uh, with his team right, with Borussia Dortmund since the World Cup before he got hurt. What was his role? Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's, that's different. 30-minute player every game.
0: It's different. Every game. Didn't it, start. It, 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 there's a lot of difference, a lot. And it, and it also no. includes his, uh, his father. There's a lot of difference here, okay? There's a massive amount of difference. You've got two families that were tight like family. Yes. So hold on, hold on. Hold on. His teammates have accepted and moved on from this. I am saying, I'm suggesting to you that Greg Berhalter and Gio Reyna. It is going to be difficult. Those two. I think Reyna will handle himself with his teammates the way he needs to. I just, I just think it's going to be a. And you know what? If they get through it, I
1: agree. That's not my point. Yes, it is your point. No, it's not my point was that you said that he may not accept a limited role on the team if that's where bear decides he wants to go and i said that if he's not mature enough to accept that and he blows up the locker room because of it then you can't have him i didn't say that that was going to happen Okay. I was well, going I did, I, on your case scenario yep. on what would happen, not right. saying that that was what go- okay. what was going to happen. Point well, let's made. be clear. I just want
0: to read this. I want to read this cro- quote from Crocker because I think it's pretty interesting, Roberto. Quote, and I can't wait for him, meaning Reyna, to be in camp so we could stop talking about this because I think until that moment happens, we will keep writing about it. I find this pretty fascinating for the general manager, the guy in charge now, the guy who says he wants to have direct contact with the U.S. men's national team coach and when he names the U.S. women's coach, he's going to be the guy that contacts them, that he didn't have Burhalter and Raina talk and communicate months ago. So he's he's saying, so we can stop talking about it and you can stop writing about it? I That's well, I'll, take, me, I'll,
1: take it from two, I'll take it from two points of view. On um, one point of view, on the surface, yeah, he just wants it to become about soccer and not the soap opera outside of, of, of soccer. One, of course, of course. Right. Now, why he didn't force a meeting before, it may have been that he had spoken to everybody individually and maybe nerves were still a little bit or, you know, a little bit hot. And things weren't, you know, to the point of where it was best for them to communicate. You want things to calm down. Because remember that Reina played for the U.S. national team since the World Cup, wasn't under Berhalter, but he absolutely played right until he got hurt in Nations League. So um, now you've got a now Berhalter comes back in. And so. All right. And it wasn't a given that Per Hulten was going to come back in. So now that he is back in, so now what do you wind up doing? And so maybe things were a little bit hot at that point, wanted to, for them to cool down, and then he gets them back together. But at the end, end of, the- of the day, yeah, you want him in, You want him in camp, and let's talk soccer and how he's going to play and not well, about just, everything else that's around.
0: I'm just saying if that's the case, if what exactly what you said is the case, then don't say something like, so we can stop talking about it. So we don't have to keep writing about it. So no, don't say that. Say what you just said as as part of the reason. Because I don't think that's such a I, I don't think that's getting too far to the inside and personal about it. Don't say so we could stop talking. It reminded me of it reminds me of Alfo you know, saying, uh, you know, let's move on and 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 stop talking all the baloney, you know, like moments after Bruce Arena is forced to resign and and two of his assistants are out, and all the and Richie Williams is nowhere to be found. Let's just move on and stop the baloney.
1: Come on, yeah, man. It's not. It's not like that. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, but you anyway. got to
1: clear the air. The, the air has to be cleared, and maybe it's got to be cleared with media, and it will be because the first press conference that's going to happen when he comes back is going to be Berhalter and him, and they're going to talk about their relationship, or they're at least going to be asked about their relationship. Whatever they say about it, you know, you know, coded in. PR speak, if that's what happens, then fine. Or if they're going to be 100% honest about it, you know, which we hope, and we get a little bit of an insight, and then we move on. And then we just worry about if he plays at right wing or he plays as a 10 or he plays at the left wing if he starts or if he comes off the bench and he's going to be happy with his role or not, whatever that is. All right. So, Or is he actually... going to make life difficult for bearholder in the sense that he plays so, so well that you just can't take him out of the lineup, well, which is what I... we hope the case is.
0: Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Final thing here, man. Uh, we've talked about M.D. Myers before on this uh, particular podcast, and congratulations to him. He's the uh, co-golden boot winner with 19 goals in MLS Next Pro. So from our standpoint, it'll be interesting to see the next time we go up to practice, will he be working out with the first team? Uh, NYCFC, 2 unfortunately, did not qualify for the postseason, and they'll probably still keep training and things like that, but I, I wonder if M.D. will, will get a, a – a chance at least maybe to to train with the first team and get a little look at him before the end of the year so that you could maybe start thinking about whether you think he belongs uh, with the senior team. And Roberto, I wanted to say one thing. He's the, there's three golden boo winners. Uh, I I should, I can't remember the guys, Jack Lynn with Orlando and Remy Cabral with Colorado. Congratulations, Colorado. They won the West. Uh, When Tati Castilla and they all had the same number of goals, but, M.D. Myers has more goal contributions than those two. And it just made me think about Tati Castellanos and Ola Kamara in 2021. They each had the same amount of goals, top goal scorers in MLS, but Tati had eight assists, 19 goals and eight assists. Kamara had five, and Tati got the golden boot. Why don't they do the same thing in MLS Next Pro? I know they do some things differently, so I guess uh, this is one of them.
1: You know? Well, when MLS allows their teams to pick the you know who we've ever seeded first to pick their opponent in the playoff, maybe that will happen.
0: That's this is my favorite part, and it's not <laughs> it's the second and third seed, Roberto. And I you, you'll like this. I don't think I told you this, and we got to close this. But on my Series XM show this week, it looks like I'm going to have all four coaches of the uh, in each conference at MLS Next Pro that will be choosing their opponent in the opening round of the playoffs from seeds number three, no, excuse me, seeds number four through seven. So the t- the conference winners, they get a bye. The number two and three seed teams get to choose between number four through seven, who they play in the opening round. And I've been told, Benny F- Failhaber is one of them for Sporting KC. So he's coming on and, uh, People that know him best said, "Oh, he'll talk. He'll tell you why." Because I think, I really think, if these coaches don't say why they choose, and we're going to find out today, this afternoon, we're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, if they don't tell us why they chose a certain opponent, it takes the fun out, man. I'm not really even interested if they don't tell us. Yeah, we think, we, you know, we're we're you know, well, we match up better, or you know, say something.
1: Silence, s- silence may tell you more than any thousand words that some coach is going to tell you.
0: Well, we'll see. I'm gonna, I'm anxious to see what each one of them I mean,
1: I, I think it's fun. It, it really is. It, I, I think it does drive interest. It, you know, how it affects the other team, that the team that you picked. It's like, oh, eh, you think you can beat us. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, That's yeah. cool.
0: That's going right up on the on the front wall of the locker room, oh, man. It's God, like yes. Alvarado picked up – no, it would be who were some of the teams. Columbus. It's uh, Sporting KC, Columbus, New England, and Tacoma, the Sounders, too. So it's like – can you imagine? <laughs> that would be
1: great. Oh, yeah. So this is what's it's cool about bulletin it. bulletin board material for sure. Oh, it's
0: it's the best. So I hope uh, – you know, the only thing that's wrong – it doesn't appear that they're doing any – what they need to do is have, like, the four uh, – you know, two general managers there, you know, and they make their with the coaches and they make their picks like on on Twix or what's it called? Twitch or Twitch, some sort of live stream. They should do that, Twitch. man. They have to, they should do that. Come on, man. Let's do it. All right, Roberto. Uh, we've got well, we've got a huge one on Saturday uh, for New York oh. City and their playoff hopes. And it would be nice if we had the opportunity. I don't know about you, but it would be the first time in my life that I would have a chance to uh talk about Messi running around the field or walking around the field or, you know, making another brilliant delivery or finishing or for, for New York city's sake, I hope he just looks good, but doesn't score. You know, that would be my, uh, my hope, but we're set uh, up
1: anybody else.
0: Yeah. Or set up anybody else. So that's, uh, our airtime <laughs> on the New York city FC network for Spanish with Roberto, myself on the English side at seven fifteen Eastern for, uh, the pregame show. And, uh, sync up with the video, you got to sync it. So you just kind of, you know, you freeze one, you wait late for the other to come and, and you're off and running.
1: Yeah, because the video is behind our audio. So you actually have to pause the audio on our broadcast to let the video catch up. Yep. We're about 15 seconds behind, anywhere between, depending on the day, anywhere between 7 and 15 seconds behind. And the video is anywhere between 40 and a minute and a half.
0: All right. Well, it's it's pretty easy to tell. Just have both on and you can tell. And then freeze the one where the kickoff comes and wait for the other. And that would be the beautiful thing. All right. For Roberto Abramowitz, I'm Glenn Crooks uh, with another edition of the old uh, NYCFC Views.
1: And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast, NYCFC Views on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.